Well, oh, fucking Christ, Vita, why do you haunt me? Hello, and welcome everybody to the Geekscape Games Podcast. This is level 47. What's hentai? We're back! The three wise men of filth, the purveyors of perversion, are back. Shane, Josh, and Juan. We're going to go triple X this week and give you a nice big old bukkake of news and reviews. Welcome back, Juan. You've been away. I have. Uh, lots of stuff I can't talk about on the show, but, <laughs> if, but if, if, if there's like an after show where we go live, uh, I guess we could discuss it there. <laughs> Inside jokes are funny. <laughs> How about you, Josh? How you doing? Good, good to have the week over. Josh, Josh? Oh. Hey, what? <laughs> you like completely went silent. Oh no, I was talking. Um, no, I just said yeah, good. Just to, glad to have the week over and be able to work on like the fucking fifteen games that I have sitting here. Dude, I know. Dude, First I know. Problems, man. You yeah, tell I, me about it. So, like, I um, I had planned on getting um. So in Alaska, we have this thing every year called the permanent fund dividend, and basically it reflects the last five years of profits that the oil companies um, uh, have made and deposited as taxes to the state. It gets distributed to anybody uh, who's been a citizen of Alaska. Um, you might remember that joke from the Simpsons movie. It's like, hey, welcome to Alaska. Here's a thousand dollars. Yeah. So so um, my PFD, the PFDs this year are about two thousand dollars. And I was supposed to get that next week. And I was planning to buy a Vita with it. And then my truck broke down and I got to spend uh, a lot of money to get my truck up and running again. So the Vita was right there. I could taste it and it was pulled away. Mm. So you shouldn't pulled have listened away. to that guy when you went to get it the first time. Dude, yeah, that kid doesn't even have internet. I mean, what does he know? Yeah. It was really nice. I mean, you should have, you should have thought of that the first time though. <laughs> and I've been, there's like a local gaming group that I, I've been trying to uh, um, like, I'm like, hey, am I got a Vita for sale? Nobody's got a Vita. Nobody's got a Vita. And all the Vitas on fucking Craigslist are like expensive, like way more expensive for what they are. It's just like, I don't know. Well, no, it's, I saw cheap used ones on Amazon. I think they were like a little over a hundred dollars last oh, I checked. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even think of used Amazon. I, I was just checking Craigslist. I have a PSP Go that's holding one uh, leg of my table up. <laughs> Dude, I still want a PSP Go just to have it. <laughs> one of those. Um, oh, shit. We didn't come up with a mission objective this week, did we? Nope. I'm sure we'll come up with one as the show goes on. Uh, okay. What's your favorite right. hentai? <laughs> <laughs> Boku no Pico. Um, no, nothing. Josh doesn't know that joke. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll 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 clue you in on that later. But yeah, it'd be it'd be cool to have like those dead consoles. Um, uh, kind of plays into our uh, question last week, which is what retro console you'd want to collect for. Um, but yeah, uh, let's get into it. Apparently, I'm just really bad at like getting news because I only put two things in our outline. I'm like, man, it's gonna be a slow week, and I come in and Josh has got a fucking laundry list. I don't know how you <laughs> do it. Don't tell me how you do it on the air because then nobody would want to listen to us. And, and the magic's destroyed. It's magic. What magic? Well, it's actually no big secret. I just go on the internet and read the internet or uh, game news, dude. Like I was on all of my feeds and saw jack shit. So anyway. One thing that I did see, Cod Blops 3 on the last gen is going to have a no single player. And so, it's about damn time. I was going to say, so it's essentially useless. Uh, well, 
Well, well I mean, like most people are going to buy it. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. I, it's, it's, it's about damn time. Devs need to stop supporting the last generation. Um, I mean, you can, you can put out shovelware or like those sports games. Cause you know, like didn't the last PS2 game get made in like 2013? It was like a, a soccer game. Like yeah, they 20- were still making Madden and stuff for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, those will still sell on those consoles, um, but it's it's about time to, to AAA people made the move. And we talked about this last week um, with, like, why did Ubisoft feel the need to make two uh, Assassin's Creed games, one on the last gen and one on the, the, the current gen? It, it just didn't make sense. Um, so, yeah, uh, and I, I think it's, it's, it's a sign of the times that, these games are going to be moving along, moving out of there. And frankly, um, that's was one of my biggest like assertions that Destiny has been held back so much because of the last gen support. And they're not able, I mean, they can't fork the, the development um, on two different ones because it would, it, the disparity would just cause a bunch of havoc and it would be, you know, left behind, yada, yada, yada. Um, input, gentlemen, what do you think? Well, part of, I mean, and this is slightly unrelated, but do you think part of the reason why so many games come out on both and they've been doing so for so long now is because the two systems aren't really that much different from each other? Um, well, I mean, from a from a technical standpoint, they're actually fairly different. Um, I mean, you're moving from the cell processor to the x86 processor on the PlayStation, and I'm pretty sure the 360 had a PowerPC processor. So the architecture is different, like, vastly different so the two i mean they're they're ostensibly writing two different um games to run on two separate um um uh, architectures so right. i mean yeah you can you can say uh um oh yeah they're uh you know they're really similar but um i mean we've we've seen like beautiful games come out on, on the current gen and it we're only like a year into the release cycle and a year from the previous release cycle even the end of the release cycle, the last generation, just a huge jump in graphics. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really see it myself yet. Um, I mean, of course, it's still early, so there's still time to, you know, learn the hardware and have it grow. But I yeah. still, it, like, owning both Xbox One and PS4, I still haven't played a game that's really made me feel like I'm playing something that couldn't have been done on 360 or PS3 if their time was focused more on that. Like, maybe yeah. the only one that felt any different, which ironically was a launch title, was Dead Rising 3. Because it had so many enemies on screen at once where it was, like, blocks and blocks worth of enemies and the game never slowed down or loaded. Yeah. Outside of the initial, like, startup. But, like, since then, I still haven't really played anything that wow that's wowed me on either one. Mm. Interesting. Um, I just think that the install base and the PS3, the Xbox 360 is just so big and th- that they have to kind of just throw it out there just money is just sitting there um i know for a lot of us like the people who are obviously listening to the podcast and we're i'm, I'm guessing that we're the crowd that will go and buy the new systems within a year um, yeah. but most of us but you know within two years i mean i see i think that's still a viable play to go ahead and if it's not all that much difficult to write the code for that system go ahead and put on last gen uh, i mean it's you'll you'll make your profit and you make a little bit i mean if it's worth it but definitely, I'd see going into 2016, like, no way. Yeah. It's, it would just be at a loss. But I think this is it. Like, you could only go two years after your new system. Both systems, uh, Xbox One and PS4, were released in October, November of 13. So uh, I think this is the last shot. But yeah, definitely next year, cut your ties, stick with uh, Xbox One and PS4. 
Yeah, and the PS4 has developed such a large uh, user base so quick that it's going to start getting to the point real soon where they're not really going to be losing anything if they don't support PS3. Uh, well, that's, which is one benefit of being on the PC is that <laughs> y- you can just rebuild your system and still have your, your titles. The only downside is if you're trying to play some old shit that you have to fucking like finagle. Um, to I get remember to trying to play X-Wing versus TIE Fighter on like a new computer and it was just like everything was just yeah. fast forward. Oh yeah, do you know why that is? No, I have no idea. So, um, in old games, uh, oh, I'm surprised it was X-Wing versus TIE Fighter did that, but they they would link the frames per second to your computer's clock cycle. So, which made sense for when you had computers that were megahertz, like like double digit megahertz, like DOS computers, like 386s, um, and it would it was an easy way of <clears throat> of putting like a, an FPS limit on a game so that it wouldn't task older systems. Um, and, uh, you know, you have a benefit of having a, a faster, um, a faster system. But when you take that to systems that are uh, on gigahertz, it, uh, it the, the software doesn't know what to do. So everything is like super fucking fast. Right. There's, yeah, someone... there's your history tech tip of the week. Yeah. No, I remember hearing something similar to that, but I didn't like, I didn't have all those details to it. So, but yeah, it makes sense. Yep, 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 yep. Um, the only other thing that I really wanted to talk about was the Star Wars Battlefront beta uh, is coming out uh, October 8th to the 12th. It's available on all platforms. You just got to um, uh, just go to the uh, your, your places marketplace on Origin. It's under the demos section, um, but uh, everywhere else it should just be listed um, in the uh, just the standard shop. I'm hyped for it. Um, I'm going to have to, um, uh, get it on PC and PlayStation so I can play with Juan. Um, and then I can play with, uh, well, Josh, well, you never have time to play with us, Josh. Um, but maybe we can all get it and then I can play on PC with the Master Race. No, yeah, I'll be around on weekends probably. Nights, nights and weekends. Do you guys remember when, when nights and weekends were the prime time to use the telephone? Uh, I can't even remember the that dark part ages. <laughs> the dark ages. Yeah. Um, I know Juan's got to be hyped for this beta. Uh, you know what? It's I'm officially in Star Wars mode now. Like at this moment, it's all Star Wars all the time. And I know when, and I'm saying it, and I think Jonathan, our glorious leader, is going to be happy to hear this. I honestly think once October 8th hits and that beta is out, my destiny time will be severely cut. Well, and that's probably when I'm going to be able to buy the Taken <laughs> King. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that we have the beta and, and that's my game of this, you know, this holiday season, the star Wars battlefront. Did and you play then, Disney? Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to ask you if you played Disney infinity yet. Not yet. Not yet. Cause I haven't been paid until next Tuesday and I have to, you know, take care of uh, certain bills for my, for my teeth and whatnot. But uh, I'm, I'm very, very scared to get into that just cause uh, I, I've heard really good things about it, but uh, it's it's like I already have my destiny poison. I'm gonna have Star Wars. I, I I don't know if I can afford any more time to Disney Infinity. I bought 25 figures in the last two weeks. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Skylanders came out last week. That's not even counting that. Oh, oh my god! But uh, I, I was gonna mention that they just announced today. Speaking of Star Wars, a big deal here in Southern California, especially me with uh, Disneyland about 10 miles away. They're going to start their Star Wars celebration stuff here in November. So they're going to redo uh, Space Mountain. 
They're going to add the Force Awakens stuff into the Star Tours ride. And they're actually going to close a bunch of attractions in the park for the whole year. And some they're closing permanently. They're never coming back. Really? That barbecue place that where they serve you unlimited food, they're taking that away. Oh, you know how fat Americans are. I mean, come on. That, that has to be a profit loss. Well, come on. That's star, <laughs> like Star Wars. I mean, I love Star Wars, but that's that's not worth it. I want my barbecue. They could have just re, like put a new coat of paint and just said Jabba's Rib Palace. You know? Yeah. Couldn't they, just, couldn't they have just called it the Cantina and just kept selling ribs? Something. They could have like Bib Fortuna with his, you know, Twi'lek head tails like – you know, just, just take them in, you know, and just, you know, here's <laughs> yeah. your tri-tip and here's your corned beef and hat, you know, all that stuff. And, but yeah, they're closing it all down. So it's, it's, it's Star Wars. It's starting to come in. We're less than three months away from the damn movie. I've been watching the trailer every fucking day. Cause I'm that excited. Dude, <sighs> um, weird anecdote, it. like just completely off topic. But, um, did you know how, um, uh, when you, when you get a limb cut off with a lightsaber, like it's supposed to cauterize the wound yeah, right yeah. away. Yes. Did you do you know like the history behind that? Because I just learned this like this week. Yeah, because uh, it was a big deal in the most Eisley Cantina scene where Obi Wan chops off Ponda Baba's arm, but you see liquid blood. Yeah, uh, and we're like, well, that's bullshit because when you know that's that should have cauterized so you know the wound right away. Um, well, no, what I what I heard um, was that they were trying when the the prequels were coming out. They were tr- trying to make it like still PG, mm-hmm. and so to justify no blood when you had limbs go off, it was cauterized the wound right away. So it was kind of retconned, like midichlorians and that kind well, of shit. Well, in the other movies where you see limbs get cut off, you you don't see blood at all. In the Anakin Obi Wan fight where he gets his legs and arm chopped off, there's no blood. Uh, there's a God. Who else gets their limbs? Oh, Luke. When he loses his hand, there's no blood there. Um, not even in his shirt. Like when he tucks it in his shirt, there's no blood stain at all. Oh, um, interesting. Maybe I'm just fucking wrong then. Thanks. Uh, not, that I, no, not, not that I freeze frame the movie to double check, but I'm pretty sure. But any Star Wars aficionados would can easily correct me if I think I'm wrong. Yeah. Han shot first. No, here's the thing. Juan oh, shot. He didn't. Nobody shot first. Juan. Sh- Juan. Han. <laughs> Han shot. That's that's the end of the debate. Nobody shot first. Juan, no, fuck, just one shot. Juan shot. God damn it. Juan <laughs> nope. solo over here. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the beta only because I feel like it's the game's last chance for me to like get into it because I wasn't too impressed at E3. Like I have a really strong attachment to the original two Battlefront games and of course this game is nothing like those. And I went into it expecting that, but it was still when I played it was still slightly disappointing in the sense that it didn't really feel like anything like the old Battlefront games aside from the name. But, yeah. you know, once the actual online's up and we get to try it out, and that's probably going to be my tipping point because I've been wanting to get... I've been considering getting EA access for a while. And so whenever their uh, early access to Battlefront comes up, I'm probably going to sign up for EA access at that point. All right. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of it for me, guys. Yeah. Well, speaking of EA access, though, there was... an their uh reveal of the next game that they're going to release for their vault Mm -hmm. and are you guys familiar with how that works vaguely but to refresh our memory yeah it's basically like it's like playstation now but specifically for ea games and it's uh xbox one exclusive but you can either sign up for five dollars a month or thirty dollars a year and then you can stream full games from like a predisposed list that they add to every month 
So right, it's mostly sports games, but there's a couple of other games like Titanfall's on it. Uh, the most recent Need for Speed, the most recent UFC game, Dragon Age Inquisition went up last month. And they announced in October they are going to add Battlefield Hardline to the to the lineup, which is exciting oh, wow. for me because I always wanted to play it, but didn't really know anyone who had it. And I didn't I mean, I wanted to play it, but not enough to pay $60 for it to, to play it alone. I, I have to say that um, it I played the beta. Mm-hmm. I was I was really, really impressed with the, um, the sound design um, and the explosions felt like way over the top. Um, cause like even in battlefield, um, you know, in, in all action games, you shoot like an RPG, it blows up, it, it blows up like bigger than it would in real life. Just cause like, Whoa, in your face action. But the ones in hardline felt just pushed up to 11 and I, it, it made it feel like you, I was playing, uh, the shootout scene in heat and oh, the right. sound, sound design was beautiful. Like you could hear shots echoing around buildings. So that was my like biggest takeaway from, from that playing the beta was the, um, um the sound design and the uh just it felt like an action movie right yeah no and i've heard good things about it from the people who have played it like the whole cops and robbers scenario as opposed to the military shooter and like one of my fears about getting any game like that that's online focus is that if the community dries up really quick then you're kind of stuck with a stuck with a like just a useless game but whenever games go up on ea access it boosts the xbox community up because so many people are getting to play it okay so, I mean, that's pretty much, like, why I'm excited about the service. But, like I was saying earlier, one of their main features of it is that usually the weekend before a new release comes out, they'll give you a 10-hour trial to play the full game the weekend before it comes out. And then if you do get it digitally, you'll get a 10% discount. And if you do eventually get it, either when it comes out or just down the road, your save file still carries over. Oh, okay. So, so, so it's it's really... Um, oh. Fuck, what's the adjective? Uh, Juan, what's what's an adjective for what I'm trying to think of? Set me up. Uh, advantageous. It's really advantageous for you to, to if you're interested in EA properties. Glad I can. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, advantageous to uh, in EA properties and games to get this service. Yeah, I feel like it, especially with um, Battlefront around the corner. That's, I think, their next big release, and it's supposed they're advertising it as having the free early access to the main game too ahead of launch. So that'll probably be when I finally pull the trigger, but battlefield is more of a reason to, to check it out. I think I never really, um, pegged you for like a battlefield player. I mean, I'll play it if I can either get it cheap or if I know a lot of people that are playing it, but it's not something I'm going to just go out and buy on launch day or anything. Ah. But I mean, for $30 a year and I get that on top of, Dragon Age Inquisition and Need for Speed and any other games they release in the next year, which Battlefront in that amount of time between now and next year is probably going to be added to the service too. So, you know, this $30 in a year is more than worth it, I think. All right, cool. Juan, do you have EA access? No, but I will be signing up next week when I get paid. Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, yeah, Josh, uh, you're kind of leading the show now, so it's up to you. <laughs> All right, sounds good. So sticking with the Xbox news, uh, Phil Spencer had a really interesting interview with GameSpot this past week where he touched on a number of subjects. Uh, The interview is actually a really good read, so we won't go through the whole thing, especially because we're going to actually try to stay on target this week. Stay on target. Stay on target. Star Wars (laughs) reference. But there there were a few interesting points that he brought up, one of which 
entailed um, the Halo 5 multiplayer controversy, and then one of which that was asking him about fanboys or like the the whole console war concept. So I'm pulling up the quote here and see. It's a very very long interview to sift through and i i do know that that last generation there's a lot of features that were left out of games purely because of like the last consoles just didn't have enough ram and so they would leave out split screen um and like a lot of features like chat um like correct me if i'm wrong but there wasn't a lot of group chatting on the playstation 3 just because of memory constraints right um so leaving it out now on these like i'm gonna see how much memory the the xbox one has um uh memory ram so but uh go vamp vamp no but as far as you know as far as the uh halo multiplayer they were talking about how basically echoing what the development team had said where they really wanted to have it in but when it came down to maintaining the features of the game and maintaining split-screen co-op, they felt that it would have compromised it. And then I'm having trouble finding the exact quote, but Phil basically implied that, oh, that people who people don't play split-screen co-op anymore. And I thought that was an interesting point because in my household, split-screen co-op is almost all we play. And I don't know, yeah. maybe I'm just stuck in the Stone Ages, or what do you guys think about that? I Absolutely not. Um, one thing that um, I like to do with uh, my buddy uh, Dylan is we if we've got a weekend of nothing going on or like his girlfriend's out or just like whatever we want to just you know muff around we'll go to GameStop get a used uh like couch co-op game just like a throwaway game and play it because there's something there's something like I wouldn't say cathartic but something really rewarding to just sitting down on the couch with some drinks and some pizza and just playing you know and some games together i think the last time we did it was probably no, 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 no. We, we got um, Diablo 3 on the PS4, and then um, I got it on the PS4, and then he, it, it, he had it on the PC, but playing it on the PS4, it, it's the superior platform to play that game. I'll, I'll be the first to say. Um, so he actually went out and got it himself. But then it's like other random PS3 games that um, uh, they're just really fun to, to play you know, with your friends. Especially like the, the Dragon Ball Z fighting games. That was something that we, like, he's not a big DBZ fan. That was something that we always would just get together and play just whatever DBZ fighting game of the week was out. Right. Yeah. I you mean, know what? Just growing up fun. as a kid that would, Oh, sorry about that. But you know, I was going to mention Shane because of a really good point. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to grow up next to my cousins, like all, all three of them uh, in the house behind where I lived. So one of the things we did every single weekend, um, we would be taken to the video store where you actually rented movies and they had games, the game cases, Nintendo games and super Nintendo games. And, you know, just based on the cover, no website, no magazine. You just look at the cover and like, oh, this game, read the back, multiplayer, look at the screenshots that they give you. All right, cool. And we would just take it. And just the fact that we were playing this co-op game and just kind of giving each other tips and then trading the controller off when some of us died, it, it became a real fun thing because we knew we had three days with the game. We would take it back Sunday night or an extra day and pay the dollar fee. But we would go through every single game that video store had. And that's kind of lost now because now it's, you know, it has to be a 9.0 or a perfect score for the game. Uh, you know, I don't know. There's that, that culture is gone. Like I'm just sitting with a person next to you. Cause as much as I love online multiplayer and doing the raids on destiny and whatnot, there's something special of just, like you said, sharing a living room sofa, 
couple of drinks, food, and just spending the weekend doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's like his main argument was essentially one that I hear a lot lately where, well, nowadays, you know, people who grew up with games have school or jobs and they don't have the time to sit around with each other and play. And it's to me, it's just such a cop out because and this issue came up with Uncharted 2, because if you guys remember, Uncharted 2 had a co-op mode, but it was only online. And they essentially said it was because they didn't want the graphics to take a visual hit while in split screen. So instead of giving us the choice to say who cares about the graphics in this particular mode, they decided to just maintain that through every, you know, through every mode in the game and that, take away that choice. And you know what? I would say that that particular, and this is just me uh, uh, making assumptions, that the the last generation was did not have a lot of memory. And the Xbox One um, has 8 gigs of total system memory, 5 gigs available to games. Um, and uh, it's on an 8-core uh, AMD processor. Uh, but uh, having to, like, completely, like, Knowing the PS3, you'd have to seriously like drop texture quality to get two renderings of the same environment on the same screen at once. So I, I don't know. I, I, I I'm kind of playing devil's advocate there on that one. Right. But, but then, but Uncharted... these new these new systems, there's no excuse. Right. And with Uncharted Three, they act they ended up adding in the split screen, and it wasn't that big of a drop. I mean, it to me, it just comes off more like they're. The systems, like you're, like you're alluding to, the system just doesn't have the capability. But rather than coming out and just saying that, they would rather like point at these other uh, reasons to try to make it look like they're not the bad guys. I guess. Yeah. Where I mean, of course, any PR is going to be like that, but it's just disingenu- a little bit disingenuous to me to kind of ignore like with me, like now, like me and Megan would always play Halo split screen with every iteration. And now the only way that we could play together is she buys her own Xbox and buys her own game and hooks yeah. it up to a separate TV. And that's ridiculous. And I'm, and the whole thing just ignores like, what about little, you know, what about kids out there? Like who want to play with their siblings or their friends who don't have a $60 a year online subscription who are Absolutely. just, who just want to play with their little brother or sister next to them. And now they don't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys got um, on the? Uh, uh, I'm taking taking guesses on system memory for the PS3. Uh, I would say 12 gigs. I'm gonna go with eight as well. 256 megabytes. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I'm sorry. I Holy thought you said 256 shit, really? megabytes. Oh yes, 256 me- megabytes. Um, each for system and video. There you go. How generous? Yes. How how generous? And it had a 550 megahertz video processor. Huh. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but it doesn't sound too good. It sounds like some, it sounds like something that would have launched with my PSP. Uh, like I could have <laughs> got my I could have got my 256 megabyte PSP memory card for seventy dollars. Oh yeah, dude. Let's see what uh, PlayStation Portable had. Uh, <laughs> the PlayStation Portable had um, 32 uh, megabytes of memory, up to 64. Huh. There you go. We've gone a long way. Yeah. But um, as as far as Phil Spencer's interview, the other in um. The other interesting thing he had to say, and it's kind of switching from the negative to something I feel like we can probably all agree on, um, is the state of the concept of console wars, where he was quoted as saying, the one thing that I probably find a little distasteful in the discourse around games is a divisiveness that people try to build between platforms. It becomes more about what piece of plastic I own than what games I'm playing. It becomes about somebody else failing than the things I love succeeding. Wow, and that's I know, poignant as fuck. And, yeah, and Juan, I know you've talked a lot on previous episodes about you know people 
caring about what platform they're playing on as opposed to just enjoying their games. I mean, what do you right. think of that statement? Uh, and it's just really speechless. interesting to hear like, uh, it's just really interesting to hear like the head of a, of one of the console companies say, coming out and saying something like that, because usually, well, go, like, ahead, I mean, yeah, you, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, usually it's not like the, it's not like the companies are actively fueling it, but at the same time, part of their job is like, Oh, look how much better our system is than theirs. It doesn't, I mean, let's ignore the fact that 80% of the library is identical on both, <laughs> right. but um, well, you have to you have to go back and look at old advertising for this the console wars and like the 16-bit era like Sega can what Nintendo don't they flat out you know call out Nintendo um and at uh E3 two years ago um uh, right after E3 when Sony made their their little video like how to share games on the PlayStation 4 because you know you couldn't you couldn't share discs with um originally you couldn't share discs on the um, Xbox One, and they made that video of uh, uh, the the president of uh, Sony Japan and Sony America or PlayStation America, like they handed a game back and forth between each other, and yeah. it was there was a total shot over the bow, like yeah, hey hey hey, fuck you, like we won E three, so right, and yeah, and Sony's one of the ones that are like really have been really guilty of that over the years. Like I've I've made no secret in past episodes or in my writing that I've never been a big fan of Sony's, uh, I guess, business practices when it comes to the way that they have advertised the PlayStation before. And yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff, I think, just fuels it, which is why it's weird, or not necessarily weird, but it's, uh, I guess, refreshing to see uh, Spencer come out and make a statement against that. And even in recent, more recent years, though, Sony's been really, like, more classy in public in terms of like, you know, congratulating the Xbox when the Xbox one launched or congratulating Nintendo um, on one of their accolades. So, I mean, I feel like from like the corporate standpoint, it's becoming a lot more cordial than it used to be, but I'm still never going to forget the times where Sega launched a Nintendo 64 out of like, and shot it with a shotgun, like the hunting style (laughs) or if, um, or the times crash bandicoot was outside of Nintendo's, headquarters yeah, yelling shouting about how playstation is so much better or even just a few years ago with those and i feel like i was the only one who hated these commercials but those kevin butler commercials uh, oh um, yeah yeah where those commercials were essentially just dedicated to talking crap about the um competition and the one that i always point to was the one that was advertising playstation move and he was like i came from eight months in the future where everyone's playing the move and they're not just waggling their hands like the wii or pretending that they're throwing a big red ball like the connect because uh because the move is where the future is, and then like Sony forgot the move existed like six, like two months before it released. So yeah, and then and then he got fired because of that Bridgestone commercial he did, where he was playing the Wii. Like, do you guys remember that's that? That's right. Yeah, yeah that's I remember right. that. Yeah. And he got so, fired for that. Yeah. But you know, I was gonna add uh, before I was trying to gather my thoughts. The reason why all that happened when we were growing up as gamers because we were the market. That was who gamers were teenagers and young adults and people who can pretty much only afford one system because either that was how much money the family was bringing in or that's all mom and dad was going to buy for their kid like no you're going to have this system and that's it i'm not buying you games for separate systems and as we get older and our you know checkbook gets a little bit bigger for some of us you know that you could buy multiple systems you could get another, a couple of handhelds so at that point, it's like yeah, rub it in that I still don't have a Vita one. Well, the, the, well, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, is that we have multiple systems. I don't think there's for us gamers. Listen again, people who listen to the show, 
chances are there's not only one console or one handheld in the house. You have a console and a handheld of some sorts, maybe two. Or Absolutely. It, yeah, so that's so we're kind of and you know I, And I I would say not to sorry to step on you but uh this this thought just shot into my head. It it probably fueled the console wars because the video games were still seen as a waste of time like 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 back then. Oh, absolutely. And so the parents didn't want to like they didn't you know, they didn't want to drop, you know, two, you know, uh, fuck, I don't remember how much the N64 like retail for like on launch. 300. Yeah, they didn't want to drop 300 on 64 and then buy games that only work on the 64 and then go drop, you know, 300 on the, the PS1 and buy games that only work on there. Um, so you were kind of like, you were locked in on, you had to make your choice and you were locked in on whatever console. So if someone were to say like, um, oh yeah, my PlayStation 1 game is so much better. And you're like, you know, even if, Maybe there's some sort of jealousy or you don't want to like um, face facts that like, okay, yeah, the PlayStation 1 was a better console than the 64 just because of the optical drive. So that's probably where like a lot of it started because and now and now it just kind of perpetuates through uh, uh, permeates through generations. Well, I mean, that's the thing. We, we did it with sports. We did it with movies and like, which one's better? No, Empire's better. Return of the Jedi's better. Or Star Trek, Star Wars. Or, and it just whittled down to, I mean, I remember being when it was Game Boy versus uh, Sega Game Gear. You know, like, look at the, oh my God, it's in full color. But yeah, you after 40 minutes, it's dead because yeah. <laughs> it takes over right. batteries. But we, we, we kind of wore that as a, a gang symbol, like Nintendo versus Sega. And then it became Nintendo versus PlayStation. And when we got older, it's just kind of like, why are we fighting? Because these we realize the games are great. And I to this day, I get students who ask me, Marquez, what's better, Xbox or PlayStation? What I was like, it doesn't really matter. Both, like Josh said, eighty percent of the games are on both systems. If you look at the specs, hardly any difference. And even if you were to put them side by side, there's it's there's not that doesn't even matter. Just pick your poison, whatever your friends have. That's it. You know, it, right? And and. And to, to me now, like, I think it's great to see someone in the industry just actually say it. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just about the games. You know, it's something that Iwata would have said. And he has said, you know, that it's, it's we, we love games, regardless of if it's on Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, or PC. Like, if, yeah. if I see an amazing game, I'm going to get it. I bought an Xbox because I wanted to play Fallout. You know, I bought a PS4 because I wanted to play Destiny with my friends. You know, and I bought a Wii U because I love playing with, you know, my family, my friends and playing Smash Brothers and the new Zelda and all these other games that I grew up with. So uh, to me, that mentality. Yeah. And I grew up a Nintendo kid, but I'll be damned if I am going to use that, you know, stubborn, ignorant attitude to deny me to play some really amazing games that I would have yeah. missed otherwise. And I bought a I bought a PC. So I because I like being called a faggot online. <laughs> but you uh, can get but, that from oh, the just Xbox. To, <laughs> but but to retract a little bit, I, I looked it up to see how much the N64 launched for because I didn't yeah. buy it. My parents did. It was two hundred bucks. Oh, two hundred. Okay. Yeah, but I wanted to to you know a little off topic, but maybe we can discuss this in a future show when Derek's here. Is you mentioned Shane that you know games were seen as a waste of time, and they absolutely were. But for for all of us who you know grew up with it, held twenty years plus a gamer. There was something there that made us come back and that we grew an attachment, something really emotional with it. And I wanted to ask maybe for a future mission objective, which game do you feel started the conversation that games are no longer a waste of time, that they're 
Ooh. You know, that, mm. that you felt like, wow, this is something deeper. And well, and, and, and I would love to hear what everybody else has to say on that. Right. Do, do we do we want to make that our mission objective for this week? Or do you want to go with the one that we sent out in the back channel? Let's let's say let's save that other one for, for when the four of us are here. Yeah. And then that is a, okay, that's a very poignant <laughs> question. So we'll stay with the other one that we have in the back channel. No, no spoilers. But um let's um Josh, let's uh let's wrap this one up and go on to the next one. Okay, yeah, because well, I'm gonna speed through a few of these because they're mostly just either they're just uh different types of releases or delays. So first of all, if uh, you were waiting for that PC copy of uh, Arkham Knight to work anytime soon, according to a recent press release from Warner Brothers, the game will be available, quote, in the coming weeks. So wow. still no date. I mean, it's been um, it's been months, but it's coming. And I don't know. Does anyone care? I I, I don't. I've never had any like um, affinity for any of those games. So right. And then but then as far as that. You know, we go the, from one. The biggest, the biggest thing with that is that the PC problems were so scattershot. I mean, you could have two people that have the exact same system, but there's like one thing that's different, and that, like, it, it was hard to fucking nail down what the cause of the performance issues were. Right, and and so like a lot of people bought it and were able to play it. So it's it, it was weird, which is one of the one of the big fucking issues that you get with PC gaming is that there's a, a infinite number of graphics card uh manufacturers an infinite number of um of memory infinite number of motherboards hard drives everything really there's only two like companies that are making uh processors but there's an infinite like number of processors under that family and then you add all these variables together it's you know it's kind of fucking hit or miss um you know the, the a company really has to like try um and that's why they work uh work directly with video card manufacturers to support the the drivers right so, right so yeah that's yeah, that's that and then from a delay to a sudden release that i don't think many people saw coming there's a rumor going around now that bio a bioshock collection for the xbox one and playstation 4 uh will be releasing as early as november yeah i hmm. saw that i it was a uh, was it like on some russian website started listing it as like for sale or pre-order Right. It was one of those things where you take it with a grain of salt because there's nothing official and it was from it was posted by a retail website that, you know, nobody has really heard of. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, we're still waiting on Kid Icarus um, for Wii U at this point that was listed a while back. But I mean, if it were to come true, it's supposed to come out around Black Friday. Um, and, you know, with the wave of popular HD collections and that kind of thing on the current gen consoles. It's not surprising, especially with how big Bioshock is. I yeah. guess the only thing that would be slightly strange about it to me is that they just came out with like a compilation not too long ago on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. So oh, I mean, did they? Yeah, so I'm assuming they would, uh, I'm assuming this would be like upresed and that kind of stuff, but uh, otherwise, um, that's pretty much all we know about it. And it might not even be true, but we're talking about it. Um, and and I, then, I, I still like, I still firmly say that Bioshock Infinite is the best video game I've ever played. Yeah, um, and that's why and, I wanted to make sure to bring it up, because I know how much you enjoyed it. And I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite game, but I think it's the best video game I've ever played, just because it's a, the, the entire package of the gameplay, the pacing, the story. It was, uh, it, was every, it checked all my boxes, and it checked a lot of people's boxes. Yeah, no, it was a really well, like, even if you don't feel like it's your like kind of just what you said. If you don't feel like it's your personal favorite game, you still like look at it objectively and realize that it hits so many points 
right that it's it really solidified its spot as like uh, one of the best games series last generation, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And then real quick from there, um, Hitman was delayed into 2016. So that's another um, I don't I mean, we you know, it's mm. considered a triple A game, but I don't know. I've never really considered Hitman like a Same huge here. franchise, but yeah. I, I, I you know what? I'll be honest. I don't know any of my friends who have who play it, who've ever played a Hitman game. I'll be honest with you. Really? I've never, I've never played one, um, and I don't recall any friends like telling me, "Oh my god, I can't wait for the next Hitman game," or even when the movie came out, or like, "I can't wait for this movie coming out." Right? Is a Hitman movie out yet? Yeah, and it bombed. Yeah, yeah, like well, it was. Just, yeah, it's because okay. didn't uh, spoilers the the bad guy in the movie had fucking Kevlar under his skin? Something like that. I don't know. He, yeah, he all had, I know is Kev- that like Kevlar under his the skin. games. Yeah, no, it's, I don't know. I don't know what they do with video game movies, but um, I feel like Hitman was always like kind of more a cult hit, but it's not the most accessible game and it was kind of difficult to progress through, but um, it definitely earned its like, its niche status. I mean, I feel like it's a good game to experience, but like Juan was saying, it's not one that people are really going crazy over. But I mean, nonetheless, it's still another game moving from 2015 to 2016. And then in quick crossover news, the Hatsune Miku DLC for Persona 4 Dancing All Night was confirmed for the West today and will be launching on the same day as the rest of their DLC on October 20th. So anyone who wants virtual waifus might want to check out Persona 4 Dancing All Night for that DLC. It's going to be $5 a song, which comes with a character, but it's somewhat limited, so I'm not sure how crazy I'll be about it. Um... From there, um, on the other crossover news, they accidentally leaked that Ryo Hazuki is going to be in Project Cross Zone 2. So with some new screenshots that they released of other characters, they posted a picture of what seemed to be the title screen. And Ryo Hazuki was like smack dab in the middle of all the other Sega, Capcom, and Namco characters. So that way we're going to be able to get a little bit of our Shenmue fix in early. Great! More Shenmue! What everybody wants! (laughs) But, But no lucky hit. Oh, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> and then the two, probably the two biggest pieces of news this week, which we probably should have talked about sooner because we're running low on time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But um, Konami put out a statement in regards to the rumors going around last week that they were completely dropping out of AAA game development outside of Pro Evolution Soccer. And the reply that was received was quoted as saying, I can promise you that we're definitely not leaving Metal Gear behind or anything like that. I know some blogs are claiming that online this morning, and I'm not really sure where they're getting that information from. We're still definitely working on console games and franchises such as Metal Gear, Silent Hill, Castlevania, Pro Evolution Soccer, and all the rest. And all the rest. (laughs) Yeah. Don't believe it. I don't don't believe believe a word of it. Well, the funny thing is that from what I've read online, the reaction has been less a sigh of relief and saying, oh, no, like, please just don't make those games anymore because <laughs> people are just so over it. I feel like a lot of people have the sentiment that they would rather have those games not exist anymore than cap than uh, Capcom um, <laughs> Konami do anything with them. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. outside of Konami speak like from speaking of Capcom from one company that went from Capcom status to almost a 180. Like, I feel like Konami and Capcom have switched places because Konami, Konami, geez, I'm mixing them up. But Capcom announced that uh, Mega Man Legends 1 is coming out on PlayStation Network next week. So that's a reason to rejoice for Mega Man fans. Oh, you didn't hear that? No. Yeah, because 
Wait, 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 wait. Back to Fun Bus Fuck Up. What's coming out? Uh, Mega Man Legends 1 on the PlayStation Store. What? It's coming out next Holy week. Holy shit! Yeah. Holy Which is shit! Funny because a lot of people felt like it would never happen because there was this really like vague product placement that was in the originals. And because of licensing, people thought it wasn't going to happen. And I'm just going to go on the record here and say that as soon as Tronbon came out on the PlayStation Network uh, about a month or two ago, I had said that this was going to open the floodgates to Mega Man Legends 1 and eventually 2 being released. And I got torn to shreds on the internet. Like people were saying, oh, you're not a real Mega Man fan. If you were, you'd obviously know that that could never happen because of these copyright issues. And I was I was like, no, no, no. Like if they want it to happen bad enough, they'll do what they have to do. Just as long as Tron Bond sells well, they'll know that there's interest in it. And then lo and behold, I'm right. So Jesus. So wow. suck it down, voters. But <laughs> anyway. Dude, I, I fucking um I remember playing that game on the N sixty four. I rented it from Safeway. Uh <laughs> and uh played it for the weekend. So Yeah, no, and it's cool. it's such a fantastic game. But I mean, that's really good news for the people who've been waiting for so many years for that series to get its recognition. And then we got, like I said, we got Tronbon last week, or last week, last month. And now we're going to get Mega Man Legends 1 next week. And it's only a matter of time before we get Mega Man Legends 2, unless nobody buys this one. So Do everyone you have an, MS, get uh, an MSRP? Uh, 10 bucks. Fuck yeah, bud. I'm all over that. Yeah, but it's not going to work on PS4. You need a PS3 or Vita. Well, oh, fucking Christ, Vita, so... why do you haunt me? <laughs> <laughs> can that be our stinger this week yes yes oh god that's fucking hilarious and then the last and probably most controversial piece of news from this week depending on who you ask is the news that assassin's creed syndicate is adding the series first transgender character into the into the series with the uh release of syndicate i think i think that they're playing catch up for when they made that that statement of like oh we're not going to add women playable characters because they're just too hard to animate or too too hard to model or like it would it would be too expensive or yada 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 yeah so they're, they're like fuck we fucked up big time um put in a transgendered character <laughs> yeah and then they already have the other female protagonist as well so yeah. I, I i agree i feel like they're trying to make up a little bit for lost um i guess lost goodwill but yeah i mean at the same time there's this whole controversy where people are saying that you know they're giving into the SJWs or they're giving into the PC culture. And um, it's funny to me to see all this outrage and people saying that they're never going to buy an Ubisoft game again, because I feel like is like I'm iffy on the whole concept because I, I'm more than happy that they add a transgender character or a more diverse cast if it makes sense within the story and it doesn't just feel like, Hey, we're throwing this transgender character in just to say that there's a transgender character in our game. I mean, did either of you guys play mortal Kombat X? Yeah. Negative. Okay. Because, um, I feel like they handled it in, in the best way that I've ever seen a game handle it in the sense that leading up to the game, there was like news going around that one of the new characters was going to be gay. And then people freaked out. Cause they're like, Oh, they're shoehorning a gay character into the game just because, and when you play the game, you have no idea who the gay character is because he's just treated like anyone else. And the only way that you know that he's gay is like a blink and you'll miss it uh, reference in conversation when he's talking to Raiden. But oh, otherwise, really? his character is defined. He's like he's a stereotypical, like cocky young guy who thinks he's better than everybody. Um, but like they make a quick reference to when Raiden first met him and he was like a he was like a a kid on the streets who was like stealing di- like you know stealing food to uh, eat. you almost said stealing dick <laughs> no no i didn't but <laughs> man it's been a rough well, street 
<laughs> At times it's hard in the Mortal Kombat universe. But <laughs> no, but they've like made us quick one-off reference about how he was supposed to be Liu Kang's nephew, but he couldn't join the Shaolin monks because they wouldn't accept him. And then Raiden gives some line about how, oh, as long as you're pure of heart, like that's all that should matter. And even playing that, I didn't realize that that meant he was gay until I read it like way later that they said that one of the characters was going to be gay ahead of release. So, I mean, if it's something like that, where their whole character isn't defined by like, hey, look at me, I'm transgender. And as long yes. as it makes sense in the story, then I'm more than happy about it. But it's that just is, funny to me. Really, oh, oh, fuck, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was gonna say that's a really poignant way of looking at it. Because um, wasn't there an openly gay character in one of the Dragon Age games? I believe so. I and didn't play it. it and it wasn't like like in your face and his sexuality didn't define the character. Like it was just like, oh, this guy has his own motives. He's wants revenge or he's a mercenary or whatever he was. It, and he just happens to be gay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if they handle it like that, I mean, they're already just saying that the character is pretty much just going to be someone who gives the uh, gives you missions. So it's probably not even going to be a major character. But it's just ironic to me that Ubisoft can release shit games that don't work for like years now. And everyone just like, oh, fuck that. I'm going to buy the next one next year and hope it's good. But then the inclusion of a transgender character is where they draw the line. They're like, fuck this. I'm not giving them any more money. Yeah. You um, know, but this is going to happen. I mean, let's, let's put it this way. Um, this stuff is not just in video games, but it happens in any time of media and pop culture where uh, something political is going on or something, a change of the times, and it's reflected in games. Uh, remember when Tomodachi Life had that glitch where you could marry the same gender and then they had fixed it, then they apologized, then, you know, they're going to do that with Fire Emblem Fates, you know, and when, just to go backtrack a little, I'm going to take it to uh, cartooning. When Charles Schultz uh, did the Peanuts cartoon, he is credited as the first cartoonist to include a black character, a black child character in the strip. And he put Franklin. And it's just him and Charlie Brown just, you know, shooting the shit, you know, just talking. He not only got, um, you know, letters telling him, you know, like, I hated this. How dare you? Just because this is going on, you know, all the civil rights stuff. You're going to add a black character. How dare you? He was getting death threats. The guy who made Snoopy is being told that he's going to get murdered, you know, so because he's adding how dare he reflect the actual changing uh, of the times or it's more uh, accepted. It's it's just the it's just that I guess the oppression culture has always existed. It just now that Tumblr exists, it's in our face more. Right. So I mean, I mean, if and hell, if video games existed back then, we would have been hearing stories of like, oh look, they're giving into the community. They're gonna add a black character in a Street Fighter. Yep. Here we go. I'm never gonna buy a Capcom game again. Didn't so to help me, that DJ fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and Balrog has no kick button. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then the one guy who is remotely close to Ken and Ryu is never seen again. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, but then, yeah, but then he had to have a basketball. Yeah, that was about to add that too. Like, yeah, just <laughs> racism from the top. You know, so it, it's it's stuff that's always gonna come out. And to me, it's not pandering. It's not giving in. I hate that they term it that way. The negative connotation words, but it's it's just the changing of the times. It's just more accepting. And hell, right. the people who are making these complaints, I want to see their ages because I'm sure if I were to ask younger kids, and I'm sure a generation from now, it's going to be not no problem whatsoever. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's it's no problem to me. Uh, I'm sure for a lot of us about uh, gay characters, I could give two Fs about it as long as they're, they don't, you know, they're not horrible fighters or horrible characters. 
and as long as it you know doesn't you know, it works i mean if you're gonna put it out there that they're transgender or gay or whatever then unless you there's a point to the story then that i mean okay that's cool but yeah. i mean i don't think people who are saying i'm gonna not buy something because there's this and that they were never gonna buy the game in the first place. yeah exactly they just want to be vocal about it so to yeah. f them we'll play it we'll enjoy it yeah, yeah. and an- another really interesting thing about it is that um you know how assassin's creed kind of has that trademark uh statement in the beginning that says designed developed and produced by a multicultural team of various religions religious faiths and beliefs yeah they're uh, changing that with saying inspired by historical events and characters this work of fiction was designed developed and produced by a multicultural team of various beliefs sexual orientations and gender identities good for them awesome so yes so they're updating their statement as well yeah it's they 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 only the only reason they did that is because everybody was a bunch of fucking like lunatic, you know, people that were looking for oppression got just got all fuckity about the 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 crusades and like, oh, you know, you're gonna downplay the atrocities the Christians did and blah 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 and like it was a big point of contention and then you play it's like no they didn't downplay downplay shit <laughs> like it's like don't be offended until you've consumed the the content right well said absolutely um, one last thing this is a question to one destiny question of the week. There was a. Is that um, going to be a thing now? Yeah, there Jonathan, a, you could turn it off at this moment. <laughs> if we had given him that warning about Batman, we would have saved ourselves a lot of trouble. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, there is there was a post on the Destiny subreddit uh, titled "The Gauntlet Has Been Thrown: Valis McNoloot versus Three of Coins." Does that ring a bell to you, Juan? Yes. Okay, so uh, the uh, the I'm just gonna let's make this rapid fire. Um, the post said, um, this is going to be the burst, first big showdown between Bungie and Team Salt, where Team Salt is uh, everyone who has ever had a criticism of Bungie. Um, recently, a uh, hidden heroic mission instance dropped a 310 hidden exotic, and an exploit allowed players to farm for countless exotics through a three of coins farming technique. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that means. Um, Bungie quickly ad- announced that all black spindles would be scaled down to 280 to 290. And that the Three of Coins exploit would get patched. Yes. Um, Team Salt was very quick to point out that the Bungie is quick to nerf anything that benefits the players, but nice and slow when it comes to fixing things the player would really like to have fixed. Um, mere, mere days after the Three of Coin farming, Bungie adjusted it. Now exotics can still be gained from running strikes, but ultras just can't be farmed. However, in fixing this exploit, they introduced a very strong, strange, unintentional problem where a certain beloved Mars strike boss no longer drops loot upon dying. So here's the test. Well, Bungie, after practically practically tripping over themselves to fix an exploit that allowed players to get awesome loot, easily react just as fast to fix a broken loot drop system. What do you think? I would agree with Team Salt. Um, they're very jump to quick. Uh, they're very jump. They're quick to jump. Dyslexia. They're very quick to jump on fixing these things because I know what the three coins glitch is. What it is, you go to the boss you pretty much kill him and yourself. So he drops the exotic Engram or it has the high possibility of dropping it. And then you just respawn outside of the chamber. So you can just do the whole thing over again. So you don't have to do a strike after strike after strike. Cause anybody, the strikes usually take about 15, 20 minutes to do. Yeah. But I mean, if you just do it, this method, um, you can get a whole bunch of exotic Engrams in the span of like 40 minutes and okay. it's gauntlets, helmets, weapons, and what for. So, yeah, I mean, if you did it for the two, three days that, you know, you had that window of opportunity to do it, it was awesome. 
And I've seen a lot of people have, like, they're just completely loaded with uh, armor and weapons. And granted, at Bungie, that's the thing I don't get. There's still so much out there that you can only get doing certain raids and certain strikes. So it's not like you're getting every single thing that's available through these, like, little glitches. But for them to go out and just nerf it right away, and they're, they're absolutely right. Whenever there is a problem, like, my God, that Raul, the, the Cryptarch guy, who would give you garbage for some of these legendary engrams that you had back in year one, that took forever to fix. Yeah. And and there was no way of you – you would have to do raid after raid after raid, hoping that you get that Vex Mythoclast from VOG, you know, Vault of Glass. Like how many times did people run through that just to get that one piece of armor, that one – you know, the one gun? I mean people wasted a lot of time on that, but they don't fix that problem. So I, I'm, you know, I usually take the developer side on stuff, but I'm, I'm with Team Salt on this 100. percent All right, all right. Um, I'm, I'm without playing Taking King, but just kind of knowing how things are. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. What do you say we get into mission or games we've been playing? Games we've been playing, yes, yes. Uh, let's um, let's do it quick. Um, I've been playing CS:GO Matchmaking. I played it with uh, our own Kenny Craig. Um, we did it live on his uh, crippled Kenny. Uh, stream it was a fucking blast i'm so happy that i'm able to do do real matchmaking again they um they added this big new patch um that changed the hitboxes um um now i don't know if you guys are familiar with hitboxes i, I would say you are but um it's, yeah, fight, we it, play fighting games yes okay um so it's been kind of a point of contention uh in counter-strike forever um when uh source came out the hitboxes when the Counter-Strike Source came out, the hitboxes would actually be kind of in front of the player. They wouldn't be on the model because the hitboxes and the character animation would accelerate at different um, rates. Um, and the hitboxes in CSGO up until a week ago were, were just that. They were boxes. Now, they added... Um, uh, they, they changed it from boxes to like orbs or pills. So instead of just like a 90-degree a, a 90, 90 turn for like the thigh or the legs or the head... It's way more contoured to what the human body looks like. There's joints, um, the the heads are the heads, um, and they added a, a whole bunch of new animations. So it it now what you're seeing is more indicative of what you're getting. Um, and it's I, I can I don't want to I mean I don't want to like fluff, but I could see myself doing better in situations where previously I would have done worse and not been able to get the kill. Um, and they've had a and then they've they've adjusted some guns, which has kind of affected the skins market. Um, there was they they nerfed the uh, M4A1S, which is the silenced main rifle for the CTs, and the prices of skins plummeted. I had a forty five dollars skin that um, was going for twenty bucks after this. Um, they they changed the, the the purchase price of it. They changed the um, fire rate of it, and they said they were going to change the armor penetration. That never came out, and Valve never went through with that update. So um, the so prices have kind of come back up, but it was it was crazy. There's a picture uh, I took of you know the the market of the skin being sold, and then all of a sudden it's like like just plummeted. So <laughs> it's 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 pretty interesting. Um, I've enjoying CS:GO a lot again, and I'm trying to get better. And that and I play some GTA, but that's it. Um, I've been playing a lot of Mario Maker. Uh, I. I it's incredible that I got away from Destiny, but that's what it was. And then uh, Runbo. I, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been on the show, but my God, I want to talk about Runbo just really quickly. Just 
if you're a fan of old school, relentlessly like challenging platformers, my God, you is that is that the one made by Game Freaks? Yeah, uh, no, it's made by thirteen. Uh, I think it's thirteen AM Games. Okay, uh, it's a it's a Wii U eShop uh, exclusive game. It is uh, eight players at the same time, and it's just getting from point A to point B the fastest. It and they have a single player challenge mode where I it's like remember playing the Lost Levels. For those of you who are older, you remember when Nintendo put out that challenge? Here's Super Mario Lost Levels with Super Mario All-Stars. If you could beat this without warping, they'll send you like an iron-on patch, which I have. Oh, wow. I haven't felt that sense of challenge t- till this game. What's that? What, like is this, the, what is the game called? Runbow. Why can't I find it? It is such a... It's, all the I'm mechanics, a, the all mechanics in are like it are just Chinese amazing. Telephones. The level design, just it's so clever and... Uh, I, I can't get over it. I cannot get over how brilliantly and simple this game is. Like the, it's for people who just want a challenge. Like it, okay. there's no real hardcore story in it. They they do a little bit of it, but it's just all about the challenge. Can you beat it? And if you can, can you beat it faster than your friends? I I, I cannot recommend it enough. For those of you who are just all about hardcore platforming, you need to buy this game. Okay, sorry, and I can't find shit. I I keep getting like Rambo and like. It's uh, R-U-N-B-O-W. I forgot to throw the W in there. Oh, Runbow. Yeah, Runbow. Oh. Like Rainbow, okay. but Runbow. Okay. See, now you know how we all feel looking for games on the Wii U eShop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's not a nice system to search through. But that, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Uh, Josh, what have you been playing? Um, well, it was funny. We were talking about Team Salt earlier because I was playing the Splat, uh, Splatoon Splatfest last week, which uh, was Team Science versus Team Art. And I, I, well, I missed the second Splatfest, but to my knowledge, this is the first one where the popular vote um, also won the uh, most matches, but it was pretty much as close as you could get. So Team Art won both the popular vote and the percentage of matches at 51% to 49% on both. Wow. So once again, I was on the losing side. I started my Splatfest career at one in one, 100% win percentage. And now I haven't won one since because I was firmly team science. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because and if I don't know if either of you have played them, but when they announced the results, like the two TV hosts that pretty much introduce the game every time you turn it on, Callie and Marie. Yeah, cute as hell. And like each one of them represents one team. And when they announce the winning, the winning and losing teams, they usually have a bit of banter back and forth. And so this week it got kind of personal because uh, Marie was team science and she lost. And um, she's usually the one who's more like kind of dry, whereas Callie's the one who's like more energetic and positive. So when Callie announced that team art won, uh, Marie said something along the lines of, oh, the only reason why team art won is because team science had jobs to do. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's awesome love it fucking brutal shots fired and i was fucking like holy brutal. crap that is so that is so fucking that was like such a low blow and there's a lot of and even like her response right after was literally like oh like oh that's harsh and she was just all, like she was just all sad she had no rebuttal for that awesome. mostly because it's true but <laughs> um aside from that i picked up i finally picked up destiny and I haven't started Taken King because I want to finish the original Destiny content before moving on. Mm-hmm. But like I was telling Juan before the show, 
I think I'm just going to take my alternate hunter character and use the item on him that boosts him to 25 and has him jump straight to Taken King because I really want to join in with all you guys and know no, what's going I'll on. Play, I'll play with you. I love playing the other... Because I can't play Taken King. I'll play with you. Oh my god. Okay, cool. You'll, you can play... Up, we would destroy you can, Crota. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, me and you, Shane, we could play with my main a waifu character and then me and Juan can play Taken King with my big muscly hunter guy. All my all my characters in uh in Destiny are waifus. Well, my uh, waifu looks here. like a dude. Well, but and then the last thing I played this week was Dengeki Bunko Fighting Climax, which is another one of those <laughs> crossover fighting games. Yeah, uh, um why does that make me laugh? <laughs> <laughs> what was climax. it the climax? The fighting climax is like I don't want to enjoy this. Well, my well, I started playing it. And my wife asked me if it's a game about like arguing while having sex. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, yeah, that, that um that actually um uh I I was actually kind of hype on that because I love crossovers. Um, again, it's just another thing that I'm gonna have to get for when I officially fucking get a Vita, or if I do, I don't know. I uh, just hopefully your truck doesn't explode again, <laughs> dude. Holy shit! So like, I was I went to the hospital. Um, because uh, I'm helping, um, uh, uh, I'm volunteering for an extra life gaming marathon up here in Alaska. That'll and, teach you. Yeah, and then after I, I I was pulling out of the my parking spot and my power steering was not happy. It was quite loud, and it and like I put more in and it dumped the whole court right away. So I had to leave the truck overnight, and then I brought it to the shop and the shop's like, "Well, whoops, you're fucked." And I was like, "Oh, great." <laughs> So that's that. And I actually, um, oh, finish up what you've been playing. And then, um, cause I, I wanted to talk about that. Extra oh no. Uh, just Dengeki Bunko. Um, I played it. I beat the story mode enough times to unlock Akira from virtual fighter. And I believe her name is pronounced Sylvian from, uh, Valky- uh, Valkyria Chronicles. Oh, cool. So aside from those two Sega characters though, it's like a straightforward, like anime crossover game. Yeah. So the most prominent one is probably Sword Art Online it has two characters from that and then has characters from Excel World, Dorara, and a lot of different other properties. And it's like a really, I think their goal with this game was to make it really accessible because it doesn't seem like it's really deep in the combo like section, like aspect of it. But it's like a really easy to pick up and play game where all the special moves are done the same, but they all, of course, interact differently with the opponent. Mm-hmm. And one peculiar thing about the game that I didn't expect at all is that it has like a lot of Sega themed stages. As a matter of fact, I think all the stages are Sega themed, even though only the two secret characters are actually Sega characters. Oh, so wow. it's like there's a Sonic the Hedgehog stage, there's a Virtual On stage, um, there's a Valkyria Chronicles stage, naturally. And it's just, it's an interesting game. Um, I'm going to dive into it a little more within the next week for the review that I'm working on and see if there's any more depth to dig up in there but right now it's like a fun but kind of basic fighter cool cool um before we get into uh mission objectives uh just wanted to start the hype train um if you're not familiar with the extra life campaign um it's a gaming charity um that goes all year but typically around this time um communities start to have their 24-hour gaming marathon to raise money for the children's miracle network um a um and last year the 907 gamers um, and the Alaskan-based like gaming Facebook group, like clan, um, we we had our first one. It was like in a, a, a big warehouse. Um, we had like eighty people show up. We were shooting for two thousand dollars to raise in the twenty-four hours, 
we got almost twelve thousand dollars. Oh wow! In the in twenty four hours, and as it stands right now, we um uh just from real like a trickle of um uh because uh, you can start you can start um uh campaigning at the beginning of the year and it resets on the thirty first of December. So far, we have uh almost hit our goal from last year. So if 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 we can double that uh, in the twenty four hours, um, to give you an idea of how bigger uh, it is now, we were like eighty eight people in a warehouse. Um, to now we have the Alaska Airlines uh, Center, like which is a giant convention center. Um, and uh, Xbox has been sending up stuff. We we got like um, five or six Xbox Ones to like raffle off. We have a bunch of copies of Forza, um, uh, and all the money goes to. Um, uh, our local hospital, Providence Hospital, where my fucking truck died. I uh, wish it went to a mechanic <laughs> and not a children's hospital because my truck is sick. Uh, bad joke. And uh, um, But uh, if you want to join, um, uh, just go to Extra Life. You can find a local team. You can join in the 907 Gamers with me. Uh, I'm going to be there playing some Counter-Strike. I'm going to be helping manage uh, DJs and, and artists and like a rock band competition. Um, so, um, see that. And, um, if, if you don't want to join our team, find a local group. Um, we're doing our, our gaming marathon on the 16th when most of the national ones happen sometime in November. Um, but ours is just because of like, uh, basketball games and such at the, um, the Alaska airlines center. So that's that. Um, and we're currently in the top 10, we're in the top 10, um, uh, teams. We've actually, right now we're beating rooster teeth. So fuck you, Austin. How much of that money came from free Alaskan subsidies? Probably, probably qu- quite a lot. Probably quite a lot because dividends come out, and then uh, people will donate it. But uh, we had some crazy stuff. Like last year, a dude shaved his beard on his stream, and somebody paid like three hundred dollars to watch him shave his beard. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting. It was, it was fun. It was a blast. So I'm excited to participate. I didn't play games last year just because I was I DJed for like seven hours. Um, uh, but this year, we're going to have more more artists, and I'll be able to play more. Um, but yeah, so podcast question of the week. What retro console do you wish you uh, wish you could have collected for? Um, Blake T. Uh, said uh, SNES for the 64. Scott S. said, almost finished my 64 collection, but I, but I really want to collect NES and SNES games. But those games are so expensive. Pagani the Final Conflict is one of those super rare ones. Derek C., no relation. Said, I've already collected SNES and N64. I'm going to have to say NES. Then Christine M. said Neo Geo. And that started a um, conversation with her and Scott S. about just how it's so fucking, like, the bear to entry on collecting that is, is so hard because it's so expensive. Um, Dominic G. said SNES. I uh, never had one but owned every other Nintendo console but missed out on the SNES. Thank God for emulation on the Wii U. Ryan F. said NES. Jeremy Matten said Vectrex. It just seems like it would be fun. Um, the Vectrex, I don't think it was really popular over here in America, um, but it was a uh, it was a console that was like a tube TV that played uh, vector graphics, and you'd have different games that you'd load on it, um, but you'd put different colored overlays over the screen, um, which is I, I think the Vectrex would be an am- amazing console to collect for. And then Benjamin M said PC Master Race, um, which is I mean yes, I'm with you there, but there's a lot of really cool like retro PC stuff to collect, so. I'm only giving you half points, Ben. You guys got anything? Any? Uh, yeah, I have a few. Um, Ryan G said the Japanese Saturn. Avery F said the Game Boy. Philip S said SNES. 
Hassan V said anything from Nintendo, and then Zach S said he still collects all of them, which I know Zach, so I I know how huge his collection is. It's like almost like so angry big. video game nerd background levels of collectible. Oh wow, really? Status. So yeah. Cool. Um, Juan, uh, we get a double dip on uh, some of the Juan sauce. Uh, what would you like to collect for? I think he walked away. Sorry, I'm right here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. That, that was a commotion outside. Oh, uh, um, <laughs> what what retro console would you want to collect for? Uh, Super Nintendo. Any particular reasons why? Uh, there were a lot of RPGs that I played that I um, somehow lost. I don't know where they ended up. I, I think my cousin or cousins may have had them. Uh, but yeah, I had I had Secret of Mana, Secret of Evermore, Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. I had, like a whole bunch of RPGs on there, and um, I have no idea where they are. And I still have my Super Nintendo. And Carlos Lopez Tomba, he has my Super Nintendo controller still from like three years ago. <laughs> oh hey, wow, Megan's playing Tomba right now. <laughs> but yeah, Super Nintendo, uh, hands hey, down. Nathan. Cool. Um, our question this week is um, uh, favorite movie tie-in game. Um, did we ask this one? For some reason, I, feel I don't like, think so. I don't think we. Uh, I, don't uh, but yeah, I don't know. It kind of goes hand in hand with like Star Wars and uh, like uh, you mentioned the Hitman movie and how it was terrible. So, um, what's your favorite movie tie-in games? And the floor is open. Um, mine is going to have to be two answers. Well, one's not really a movie, but a TV show tie-in, and the other mm-hmm. one is a movie tie-in, and it's essentially for the same reason. Um, but first, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer game on the original Xbox. What the fuck? I gotta look this up. Keep because going. it it was like, I fucking hate Buffy. Like, I never liked the show. But I heard a lot of good word of mouth because, and especially around the time of the Xbox and PS2, like, beat-em-up games were kind of dead. And people were saying that, you know, this game that everyone thought was gonna just be some shitty licensed game that just slapped the property on it was actually really good. And I picked it up. And yeah, it was like, it was a 3D beat-em-up but there were like quite a few combos. There was a lot of different weapons you could pick up in the environment and you could only kill the enemies with stakes. So it's like, no matter how bad you beat up the enemies, you would have to combo in like a stake attack into the end of it for them to actually be dead. Oh, wow. And in between it had some really like complex platforming, like Tomb Raider esque platforming sections too, especially towards the end when you were, I think you were supposed to be in hell or something. Mm. And it just went full on Tomb Raider where you're like, shimmying on ledges and avoiding fire traps and fighting demons and stuff and it was way better than anyone expected it to be and for that very same reason my favorite movie tie-in game ever is probably going to be chronicles of riddick oh yeah fuck, that I was a good one yeah like i mean the movie wasn't even that big of a deal like it had like pitch black had a cult following and then they tried to make it more big budget with chronicles of riddick which is when this game came out but the game acted as like a prequel to Pitch Black and you were in that prison. It had nothing to do with the movies directly. It was like a side story, but it was just so, so well told that like interacting with the prisoners, the the unique way that they handled the first person combat. Yeah, um, it got to and the it, point. It had a really good like vibe and like the the like um, ambiance was really, really cool. Right. And I mean, it was just such a well made and it was at the time, it was probably the best looking console game I'd ever seen. So like it took all of the conventions of what you'd expect from a licensed game and it like flipped it on its head because it had unique creative combat that hadn't been done in the game before. It had like this high quality voice acting and motion capture 
um, with like some hilarious ragdoll physics, which were still fairly new at the time. Um, and it had just the highest production values from the graphics to the sound onwards to be one of the best games that I had played that particular year, let alone best uh, licensed game, which is why it's a shame that they came out with a sequel to it on Xbox 360 and PS3 a few years later that bundled a remade version of the first game with the sequel, and the sequel ended up being kind of bad. Yeah. So that kind of killed all the all of like the hype that the previous one had garnered. But it it was telling that I was playing a first person game and then the game like drops in quality when it gets to like this the last quarter of it where it's pretty much just shooting. <laughs> I mean that's and the shooting was was well done too because it relied on Riddick's uh like night vision ability. But just the hand to hand and weapon combat was just so well done that you were just kind of sad to see it go when it got to the point where you had to rely on guns towards the end. Oh wow. But yeah, no, I, I still love that game. And it wasn't it like really, really hard too? Um, to an extent, because you didn't have um you had limited health packs and your health didn't auto regenerate. So it's like yeah. if you blew all your health packs and then got your ass kicked, you were kinda stuck. Huh. Uh Juan, what about you? Um I'm gonna go back to Super Nintendo and uh, I'm not a I guess the movie's okay. Uh, the movie's good, but damn, the game's great. Aladdin for Super Nintendo. Oh yeah, absolutely. That game. The, remember when Disney games were like so good because they were Capcom. Yeah, games, when, when Capcom, Capcom was like, good. Was, yeah, when it, the golden age of Capcom. My <laughs> God, you remember when Capcom and Disney games were good? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but and they didn't cost twelve dollars a character. Oh my gosh, like, twelve dollars for the spent, carpet. Like, Twenty-four <laughs> characters. Well, remember no, the, though? Do you remember how they actually re-released that same Aladdin game on Game Boy Advance, like in yeah, two thousand and three? Yeah, but it wasn't the same. I mean, really? It, I thought it was the same game. I I, I want to play Super Nintendo. It's yeah. like it's it's like I don't need it to be released three four times. It was just the, it was the original Super Nintendo when it first came out, just with the graphics and the music. It's it's for at the time was like mind blowing. Like this was really good. I like the Lion King game that came out, but Aladdin just blew it out of the water. And and to me, I think that's the reason why I think I enjoy the movie more than I do because I have really fond memories of the game. Yeah, and um. It was hard too, wasn't it? Yeah, like, no, these were not like like little cookie cutter. All right, just get a point A, point B. Like it, it involved some serious challenge, man. It, it was you uh, needed skill for those games. You're you're making me so sad because <laughs> yeah. like at the time when the game came out, like I think I beat it in a couple hours because I was just really well conditioned to those hard Disney platformers. Yeah, because <laughs> I it was back when Blockbuster only had a three day rental, and I remembered I finished it in the same afternoon that we that we rented it. Fuck you. And my mom was mad that I, she said that she always wastes money renting games and I'm done right away. <laughs> but I went back to it more recently on like emulators and I'm like getting slaughtered in the second stage. Good. Like, like auto health is just, I think, <laughs> hurt all of our gaming abilities. Yeah, but that's uh, that's my pick. That's uh, Those are some uh, good choices. Mine would have to be, um, I was going to say Goldeneye, but I don't know. I can't. I can't. Whenever Say when gold. I thought of this, not Goldeneye. Um, Kingdom Hearts two point eight, uh, three, five, six, four days. The times twelve. Uh, no, um, Fester's Quest. Fester's Quest. <laughs> God damn it, guys! Enter the Matrix on the GameCube. Um, <laughs> it it uh, it wasn't particularly like an amazing game, but um, it was. It came out the same day that the second Matrix movie came out, and. Characters from the game were in the movie, and characters <laughs> from the movie sent those the characters from the game 
on missions that you got to play in the game. And it was fucking badass. And like seeing Ghost and uh, uh, Jada Plinkett Smith's, Pinkett Smith, Jada Smith's characters like on the big screen and then being sent on, on uh, it's like, all right, we need you to take down the power plant. I'm like, I did that. I took down the power plant. That was fucking amazing. Um, and <laughs> seeing it tied in, because I really like the second Matrix movies, um, uh, the, such a, the second Matrix movie, not as a single piece of narrative, but everything around it. Because you can watch the Animatrix that leads up to, um, uh, are you guys familiar with the Animatrix? Yeah. Have you seen it? Okay, so there's one of them, the, the, the big CGI one where the, the, um, they see that the Sentinels are trying to attack Zion. So they, they send a girl into the Matrix to drop off a tape at a mailbox. Uh, and then she, she, she drops it in the mailbox, but she dies because the ship blows up. Spoilers. Well, the first level in Enter the Matrix is you going to the post office to get that tape to bring it to uh, Neo and the gang. And then they send you on other missions and um, it, like it, it all, it all intertwines. It's like all this outside media. I thought it was absolutely amazing. They had a, um, like a really interesting hacking uh, mini game where you could like, um, you'd actually have to like hack different systems and, and send tracers. And um, they had a like just random like modes where like you could enter like a two player like fighting mode, but you could play as like cop cars. It was just like, it was just absurd. And they had like test, like shooting ranges and test ranges where you can just go around and play around with the, uh, the bullet time and everything. Um, and a lot of the boss fights were really fun. It just like, it, it wasn't an amazing game, but I played it like a dozen fucking times. And I have to say, it was probably my absolute favorite movie tie in game. Yeah. So that's well, something that I've never seen other games do. And like, people usually shit on how glitchy that game was or how it felt unfinished and rushed. But yeah. that, to its credit, the way that it intertwined with the movie and it was made as a companion piece of the movie as opposed to just some like cash in that re- half ass retold the movie. Yeah. Like most licensed games was a really revolutionary idea, which still hasn't been done since. Yeah. And like a, a lot of people are going to say like Mad Max, but that game is a completely like separate narrative. And they, they just so the, the game got delayed so many times that it just so happened to come out when the movie came out. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, it was. um. It was a trip. It was it was it was a trip. I'm I'm gonna have to see if I can find that because um, I know it's available on PC. But and like the 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 live action cutscenes where because you can play it as Ghost or you can play it as the other character Jada Plinkett Smith. Uh, no, <laughs> you keep saying Plinkett. Uh, Pinkett. Pink. Yeah. Pinkett. Jada Pachinko. Pink. <laughs> Pistachio. Pinkerton. P- Pinkerton. Um, Pinkerton. Yeah. yeah. Porcelain. Um, God damn, those half Japanese girls. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, uh, that's the question of the week. Let us know um, what your favorite movie tie-in game is. Uh, uh, one quick thing that, we, that we're doing now is um, around the site. Um, my uh, around the site this week um, is going to be two really quick ones. Um, the cast of the Warriors movie um, uh, got back and they took that subway ride um, home that they took in the film from 1979 really cool little mini doc and like a little story from Rolling Stones. And we're starting a new weekly column called the uh, Super Mario Maker Course of the Week. And um, uh, one of our writers who I use his name, I can't remember who it Adam. is. Adam. Adam, because he doesn't put it. He, he writes under his like internet handle and not like his real name. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, or you could check but, the email. 
<laughs> but he's 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 downloading um uh games of the week and playing them and detailing them and i think that's a really cool idea uh what do you guys got for around the site um i'm gonna do a little bit of self shameless self-promotion and talk about the article that i just put up today only because i didn't know about this until i read the press release but mm-hmm. apparently a new set of Yu-Gi-Oh cards is coming out and it features new cards that belong to jack atlas who was a character from like three seasons ago and they're apparently integrating old characters back into the show on the newest series so i'm excited i'm hoping cool. kaiba comes back cool yes yas uh juan do you got around the site yeah or- um easily one of the the best articles i've read is uh jonathan's story concerning mario yeah uh, it's a really great read um yeah it was so good it, it, it was so good it, it was so good it was Derek's choice last week uh, well, hey, you know what? It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. It's but, been a while. Yeah, but no. Um, yeah, I, that, I mean, that, it's so good that we picked it twice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was fuck. Fuck, dude. Yeah. Don't. Well, fuck, you can fuck dudes, but fuck, dude. That was that was a tough read. As someone who's like, like dealing with their parents divorcing now, I'm 26. So it's not really like tearing the house apart, but I can really... I could, I could, I could, I, I could put myself in his shoes, and it was a very touching read. So give that a read. All right, yeah. um, that was episode forty. Ooh, huh? Huh? <laughs> oh no! Now you have to make the shitty joke. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! And on that note, uh, that was episode forty-seven. We'll see you guys back here forty-eight next week. Um, bye.